My name is Jacob Stoops. And I'm Jeff Luella. And you're listening to the Page Two Podcast. This is our podcast about the people of the SEO industry. We chronicle the real life stories, experiences, challenges, and advice from some of the most amazing people in the business. We have an amazing episode in store for you today as we have not one, but two guests. In today's episode, we have Ashley Berman-Hale, Director of Technical SEO Consulting and Professional Services at DeepCrawl. We also have Jamie Alvarico, Technical SEO Consultant at Not A Robot. As you'll find out, we had such a free-flowing conversation that we ditched the traditional format and we covered a ton of topics including Ashley and Jamie's backgrounds and career progressions into SEO, their amazing, amazing friendship, why they love technical SEO so much, what it's like to deal with both imposter syndrome and self-doubt, public speaking, writing, the conference circuit, and so much more. So get your popcorn ready as we tell Ashley and Jamie's SEO stories and have another great roundtable discussion. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Jacob Stoops. We are back for another episode of the Page Two podcast. And today we have a very, uh, very special episode where we have not one, but two guests. And I will let you know who those guests are in a moment. But first, I've got to say hi to Jeff. Hello, everybody. A new thing. Make sure we don't skip Jeff. <laughs> And then uh, guest number one is going to be uh, Miss Jamie Alberico. Jamie, how's it going? I'm so sad to be that guy. First thing in the podcast, it's Alberico. Hi, Alberico. Really well. I should have asked. Thank you I so am very sorry. much. <laughs> I gave you the Midwest pronunciation with the bad accent, so I am really sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, fun fate. fact: it means elf king. What? El- elf yes. king. Alberico wow. means elf king. Jamie means usurper. So technically, I am the usurper elf king. Nice. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, I would. I was gonna say Game of Thrones because of usurper, but elf is more Lord of the Rings. So or D and D, do it all. Or, or there you go. That that's probably a better a better reference. Um, but I actually don't play D and D. So the other person speaking, uh, surprise surprise, is Miss Ashley Berman Hale. How, how's it going, Ashley? Good. I couldn't keep my mouth shut until you introduced did I pronounce, me. Did I pronounce your name right? No. Yes, it's you did. LA. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, there's nothing like uh, face palming the the uh, intros and messing up somebody's name immediately. So, I wish I could say it was the was the first time I've done that, but it's but it's not. You'd think I'd learn. Cool. So thank you, everybody, for being here. Uh, I know in Jamie's case, she's kind of out uh, on the West Coast, so it's a very early morning, so uh, extra special that she has decided to join. Um, I did want to make a few remarks and tell a quick story before we kind of dive in. Um, the one one thing is I wanted to pay uh, a bit of tribute. Uh, my wife's grandpa, we just came from uh, his funeral this weekend, And today actually would be his 100th birthday. Um, So he decided to 
uh, to not wait, we had um, planned a surprise birthday party for him on uh, this uh, this past Saturday, and we were we had had hired a an old uh, 1950s style crooner. We had had because he's a, a Italian. We had had uh, and he's Catholic. Um, uh, I believe something uh, sent from the actual Pope in Rome. We had had. Uh, the governor of Kentucky, uh, the uh, president of the Cincinnati Reds, all kinds of people um, provided some really special things for him to honor his 100th birthday. Unfortunately, about three weeks ago, he passed away and he pulled one over on us. So instead of going to a surprise 100th birthday party, we went to his funeral this weekend, but today would have been his actual 100th birthday. So what I can only hope is that he, uh, his wife preceded him by about five years is that uh, she called him up to spend his 100th birthday uh, with her. So Hank Pichano, if you can somehow hear me, um, we love you and uh, we miss you already. So now, now that I'm now that I'm a little sad, sorry, I'm trying to, it's still a little raw. So trying to, um, trying to hold it back here, but um, wanted to tell the story of how we were able to book both Jamie and Ashley at the same time. Um, and I hope that it didn't come across uh, super creepy, but basically when we were uh, thinking about season two, um, and we were trying to figure out, okay, um, here's everybody that we've already talked to and here are the people and it's a large group of people. Um, you guys are extra, extra special, obviously, but it's a large group of people because there are just so many fantastic SEOs um, in the, in the space. And, and um, honestly, we're going to try to interview every single one of them because there are so many, but it could take years. Uh, which is a good thing since we have a podcast, but basically we, when we had thought about who we want on, um, Ashley and Jamie were kind of close to the top of the list. And so we had started, uh, we had started reaching out to, to people and um, especially in cases where you don't directly know each other, but you are kind of tangentially connected um, as we were in a, in a few cases, you just kind of go through the, the different channels, the, the email, um, we use, you, you use whatever's available to you. So Jeff was connected to Ashley through uh, a, a text Slack channel. I was connected to, uh, to Jamie through uh, Twitter. Uh, and then we had found somehow um, emails. I, I think we pulled them from Jamie. I think I pulled your email from your website. Uh, I think it's not, not a robot, which I want to ask about that. And then I somehow we found Ashley's email. I don't know. But anyway, so we're reaching out and we're in the process and it's occurring on the same day. And we came to found out to find out that not only were we both reaching out to you guys at the same time, you were literally sitting in the same room while we're trying to schedule this. So it, I'm sure that especially because you didn't know us directly, it was like, who are these creepy guys trying to schedule us for a pot. Hey, Ashley, these guys want to schedule a murder? What are you doing? Right, Let's yes. team up. We're, about, we're safer in numbers. You're very persistent. Very persistent. Uh, but you guys... I think Ashley... Oh, go ahead. Ashley had just ordered um, some, some birthday brunch for me, and we were at my kitchen table uh, enjoying... Eggs Benedict and something delicious from a local bit around here. And yeah, we both got the same message like, hey, 
You just get an invitation for page two. Yep. Yep. Funny. Well, luckily it all, it all worked out. You guys are uh, good sports and we appreciate you all coming on. So, um, as, as um, everybody who listens to, to this podcast knows, um, the hallmark is origin stories, backgrounds, and, and what it's like to be, um, to be an SEO. And since we have uh, two uh, guests on this podcast, we're going to be doing two interviews. Uh, and um, depending on timing, we'll probably skip, skip the news. Maybe we'll, um, we were going to maybe talk about tech SEO boost, but I think we can skip that for now. But we're going to be doing two background story interviews and then uh, later on uh, a deep dive into uh, just general technical SEO. Um, so who wants to go first? Who would like to step up to the plate? Not it. Oh, you hussy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jamie, since it's uh, six in the morning or seven in the morning there and you're, you're fresh on your, your game. Yeah, yeah, I was bitten by a radioactive search engine, killed yeah. my Uncle Ben, and now I'm here. Now you're here, <laughs> Miss Peter Parker, Petra Parker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what was I here for? I got frustrated with other jobs, and I like to tinker. All right. Um, I mean, we can tell the long story if you want actual details. Is that what this podcast is about? Real That's details? exactly. I was going to say, well, podcast is over. Let's Ooh. go home. A couple of Woody one-liners. We're like, yep. Ryan Reynolds going to go cash the check. Yep. <laughs> um, I think that was Jamie's really good job of lobbing it back to me because that was unfair <laughs> for me to call not it. So I will get started. Go for um, it. Have at it. I have a degree in art history, which is uh fantastically useless in the traditional sense um but i i love it uh critical thinking is something that is a little bit tough to teach if you don't have it so thank you college for giving me that and the first non-waitress job i took or non-dishwashing in a bar or non-making coffee um was a sit-down job at a small startup where I had to answer, answer emails for people who were too busy to answer their own emails and pretend to do that. So that was how I got started, made friends with the CFO, did some audits because I'm picky as hell and knew that there was money missing, saved him a bunch of money. They got bought out by Overstock. And so we got tossed in. Um, I got brought down to the exec office there to help out and had someone say, here's a giant fucking spreadsheet. This is pay-per-click. Can you figure it out? And that was tough. And I said, I don't really like this. And they're like, cool. How about XML sitemaps? Have you heard of those? Um, so the way that I got started is just trying to figure out how to do that for a big site with lots of inventory. I went and asked questions in a forum. I believe so strongly in sharing public information and helping each other. Uh, so while I was asking and waiting for an answer, I decided to answer some other questions and got stuck here. Um, thank God there's ultimate nerd forum environments for me to learn in and for me to be moderately accepted by. Uh, and then I kind of hopped around a bit and found myself very comfortably nestled in the technical SEO spot for a software company. Whew. <laughs> high five. High five. Self, high, self high five. That's, I mean, I'm still a really good, well, no, I'm not. I'm still a really good dishwasher and a moderately okay waitress. So I've got backup plans. How many pints can you carry at once now? Like seven. My arms, got, my arms got so much easier <laughs> after carrying around children. So, you know. 
crashing it. Fallback plan is ready. <laughs> yeah, during the doc, during the dot com bust, I went to bartending school because I figured the internet was going to go away, and uh, I was like, you know, one thing people like to do when times are bad is drink. So let's you know go what? to. I believe it. My family owned a bar in like the driest state in the country. So my family were bar owners in Utah and actually owned a brewery in Montana. And they always did okay because whenever there is, you know, a loss of money or religious oppression, beer helps. Yeah. And Ashley oh. makes really good homemade Kahlua. And it's almost Christmas, Ashley. And I know. Kahlua. I will bring you a batch. I'm making a local Thank New York you. batch, but then I'll be back to Colorado. Nice. Yeah, I have three gallons of limoncello going on back here for, for I see them. He's not lying. People on air, he's not <laughs> Dang. All right. Jeff, you got plans later? I'm going to hang out with you. All right. Let's do it. I got tons of stuff here. <laughs> I got a whole wall of whiskeys over here, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why All are right. we not doing this from Jeff's garage? What? Come on. <laughs> All right, Jamie, I deferred you long enough. Now you have to tell us a <laughs> magical story. I did the coffee kick in. Um, I was supposed to be a playwright, uh, which is a weird thing to say, and I guess I can still technically do that. But that's what my degree is in. That was where my passion was. I'm like, I'm going to write plays and comic books. And then the recession of 2008 hit. And call times were longer than normal. I'm trying to contact my student loan folk and find some way to pay them and eat. Um, you know, I was waiting tables at a sushi bar. Um, wasn't really a glamorous fit. Um, got into basically any job that would get me away from cutting my fingers and carrying um, you know, it's like wasabi and fish at the end of the day. It's so really, that's where my story just prematurely ended. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I did other things at some point, somewhere. Um, did, I was a blog outreach manager. That was my first uh, SEO gig, which was pre-Penguin. And if you are trying to connect to me on LinkedIn right now, I would offer the pro tip of remove link building from your title before you send that request, oh, yes. please and thank you. I'm sure you're a lovely human. I've just been hurt before by too many coffee pastas. Mm -hmm. um, uh, took a job in house for an e-commerce company. We had like 70,000 products and I look back and I was like, oh, it's so cute and little and I missed that. Um, actually ended up working for Ashley. So here's where our yeah, origin me. story interconnects. <laughs> yeah. Um, I interviewed with a local agency in Denver called V9. Um, did the first run interviews. Everything was great. Like, we're going to put you on a video interview with our, our head tech SEO. We were like Team Tomahawk, I think. Uh, yeah, that's um, bad racial appropriation. <laughs> Sorry. I'm stating historical facts. I'm not going to whitewash history right now, actually. <laughs> and we've learned better and we're doing better. I just have a lot of apologies in life. In <laughs> oh, hashtag relatable. Um, well, I interviewed with Ashley. Um, there was this, this magical creature who knew all of this world of technical SEO. Is this like a PG podcast? What kind of language can I bring to the table right now and reenact? Go for whatever it. Whatever you're comfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> George Carlin. You're marked explicit. Both in trouble if I tell if I if I tell <laughs> the internet that it was love at first cocktail. So I'm interviewing <laughs> with Ashley and we're talking. Um, I don't remember what the deal was. I think about previous job and what it was like waiting tables and. Somehow the story of an individual 
in rather cantankerous came, came up. Um, Ashley uh, um, was like, well, was he being a cocksucker? Well, then screw that guy. <laughs> and in that moment, we bonded. Um, they, of course, didn't hire me immediately. Um, of tech SEO jobs, particularly at that time, because like tech SEOs were um, the bastard children of both marketing SEO traditional style and of devs. We didn't really have a niche of our own just yet. Um, it took them several months to, you know, kick it back to me and be like, "Yeah, we want you to join the team." In that time, I like went and wrote, hand wrote little cards like, "Hi, thank you so much for the opportunity to interview." I really want to work with Ashley. Please, thank you. (laughs) And I will do anything once somebody flatters me. And we had great chemistry. So it was (laughs) was awesome because it was really important to me to always do some peer collaboration with Technical SEO in particular, just like you do peer reviews when you're coding. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's really important to me to reach back and bring more women along with me. So um, I wasn't far ahead and I'm certainly am a decent click behind Jamie now because she's she's hit a really fast trajectory but the fact that I can bring more women onto a technical team was really fucking awesome it was 100% technical women on that team yeah yep. there were two of us so <laughs> math check <laughs> you had it too y'all <laughs> it's awesome so so I think the first thing I would ask is what is it about technical SEO that excites both of you like why? Because there, there's all kinds of different types of SEO, like depending on like different, ba- it's like you almost get to pick and choose what kind of SEO you like to do. And yeah. I feel like you kind of have to be able to dabble in a little bit of everything. But I, I feel like over the course of time, people develop their specialty based on, you know, what they, what they enjoy most. So what is it about technical SEO specifically that you guys enjoy? <laughs> I like thinking about the evolution of it. I always think of the adage that, you know, back in the day, everyone was their town doctor and your gynecologist was also your dentist. Let that sink in for a second. And then, you know, we started getting better and getting specialists. So I think we're in a really cool time of SEO where there are these deep specialists. Um, I got into technical SEO because I was just so curious. Like that seemed so smart and clever and interesting. Um, that I wanted to learn it and I wanted to learn from smart people. Um, Also, I am just a shitty marketer, like the anti-marketer. I can't write. Like if someone asked me to write a blog, I would rather quit my job. Um, I've come close before. Uh, B9, the the people who hired us who were very gentle and patient, they definitely gave up after making me write write one blog. And I I just, I can't promote. And so for me, You wrote like 4,000 words. That's still one of the best resources on, uh, I think it was security at that time. Yeah, well, I threw you up. Wrote, that. You wrote an in-depth and beautiful uh, white paper, essentially. So I don't think you should discredit Yeah, it's just hard. Not Isn't liking it, hard, it's different. Yeah, not liking it. It's really hard. Whereas the technical stuff, I am a voyeur and a snoop, and that's why I like the internet. And I snoop on people in my free time, and I snoop on your site during work time. And that's why I love it. I like to go find problems and tinker and figure out what somebody busted and how we can make it better what about you jane oh i fell in love with technical seo out of necessity i was hired for that <laughs> gig as as a marketing uh, seo I went to work on the blog and all that but in my domain was you know monitoring our our keywords and we were i think the second or third largest e-commerce site for restaurant equipment um suddenly all of my rankings just 
fell out. They all just dropped, the bottom dropped out of my nose could figure out what's going on. Um, and that led down a, basically like 11 day binge. Like some people go to Vegas and they go on a binge. I went on like an 11 day binge of like trying to figure out what happened to this poor website. And at the end of it, it was you know, a, home, a homebrew CMS. Um, the result was we had to break the site's spine um, and kind of start from scratch. I had to go through and learn about how to map all of this duplicate content together, how to figure out when things were no longer useful. That's my son yelling at us right now, by the way. Hi, Tank Boy. Say hello to the internet. By the way, I'm super impressed that you managed to keep talking without breaking stride as you let your cat in and open your curtains. That was pretty, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Sorry, Internet. Uh, tank Tank's precedent on, on all matters here. That's yeah, I fell in love with, with Technical CEO after getting that chance to um, save what was a site, a dying site. We had to go through to make a series of very dramatic changes and ended up rebuilding that homegrown CMS and creating something really great out of it. Yeah, I think it comes down to a lot of, that's how a lot of people get here. And that's one reason I love like the origin stories because we all get here in different ways. And whether you're coming from a technical background or not, it, it we all, one thing we have all in common is that curiosity to dive deep and yes. spend 11 days to there. I've, I've spent, it's funny. I used to do web development and, um, most of my friends were on at like after midnight <laughs> and once in a while mm -hmm. I'm not on online as much that late at night, but when I am, it's still the same people, same developer guys. Like, cause it's like some reason my brain starts tweaking and start doing well at like 11 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. So, there's that weird golden hour of, of, of technical logical brain. That just yeah. And it's and always later through. in the evening. So it's fun. And, and I've spent many, many, many hours just like, going down a rabbit hole and no one ever knowing like at the end of the yeah. day my wife will be like what are you what are you doing till four in the morning and I'm just like I don't know I was trying to get some code to work and sometimes it's just you missed a period somewhere and now it's two in the morning and you're just like where is this it was a fancy quotation ah. <laughs> so and then having that like coming into the SEO side of things it really kind of I it's interesting it's one thing I have trouble with with new guys coming into SEO, it's like, oh, I want to learn technical SEO. And I'm like, are you willing to stay up for 10 days and try yeah. to figure out some piece of something that just drives you crazy? You can't go to sleep until you figure it out. And, and you can't teach that, of course. And it's one of those where we're trying to figure out what, like, how do I get that into a lot of my team? How do I get that yeah. curiosity into them? And um, either how do I get that feral ambition you know, exactly. in the interview process? You just give them two pieces of string and a paper clip, go kidnap a CEO. Yeah. If they can do it, that's your new tech SEO. Nice. I never thought about that one. MacGyver style. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was figuring out how to make um, apps on Google Sheets back before they had the actual app add-ins. And that was a game changer for me. Like, oh, I can go ahead and make all these API calls. And now I can begin to reuse this work. And you know, each time I do, I just swap out this particular piece of the configuration and yeah. that let me scale up. So I think a good piece of learning to be a technical SEO is uh, after you've gone through and burnt yourself out uh, on an insane rabbit hole that you know, showed you some great things is, okay, how do I reuse that information? Yeah. yeah. If you're okay failing nine out of 10 times tinkering around, then SEO, technical SEO oh, yeah. is right for you. 
Do you want to fail like a flying space monkey in a plume of fireworks? And we have a career for you. One thing I am finding interesting is um, I think three out of four of us have a background in the in the arts. So I come from a graphic design background. We've got an art history background uh, and then uh, kind of a playwriting background. And it's like, that's not very technical stuff. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there is some technicality to it, but it's not like code. And as my in-laws say, Jake works on computers and really don't. Um, I mean, Chekhov's gun applies to code and the playwriting. If right, right. the gun in Act 1, I better fire in 3. <laughs> I, just, I, I just wonder where the, not even necessarily the, the technical SEO, the, the, the SEO part of it, but with that kind of a background uh, amongst all of us, where do we feel like the, the need and the passion, because I'm very passionate about uh, a technical SEO as well. Although I don't like to be bucketed as a technical SEO. I like to be bucketed as just more of a general, like jack of all trades, but there is a certain passion for getting in and getting my hands dirty and, uh, you know, with a website and coming from a graphic design background. I just wonder like sometimes where did that come from? I just, mm. I can't even put my, put my finger on it because graphic design is more art um, whereas I feel like technical and coding and building websites is a little bit more science. So I don't know, maybe I feel like I'm, I guess I needed some balance in, in the second half of my life. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have pretty strong feelings about that after being chastised for mocking my degree. Um, listen, my dad looked at me and rolled his eyes and he said, good luck paying for college on your own. But art history is one of those degrees where people are like, what the hell are you going to do with that? So I will tell you that the greatest thing I learned from my degree is to spend time looking um, and critical thinking because what you can do is you can uncover individual parts of a painting or learn about someone's life or what was going on in the culture, what was going on in the economy, what diseases were being spread based on the iconography. And when you look at someone's site, you're essentially stripping back layers of where are they getting their imagery? What's the content? What's the history of the site and how many hands have it gone through? Um, and then you pull back further to see what the bones are and where the skeletons are hidden, the bad ones, the broken bones. I don't know where I'm going with this, y'all. Um, but Someone redesigned it, and it was like that fresco about the uh, well-intended woman repainted. Oh, yeah, the nun, the nun that repainted yes. Jesus. We have done many of the fake <laughs> Jesus sites in our life. Uh, but it, it does feel like there's a really good intersection of, I think, fine arts and humanities help teach people to be open about humans and to look critically at what they create. And so while I have a laughable degree to some people and I'll be the first to make a joke, I really don't think I could do what I do today without having spent the time and learning how to unravel the story from that degree. I think that's a great point. And I, I honestly, I never thought about it that way. And I, I remember being in college and thinking a little bit the the same thing um, as I was kind of getting, getting deeper. Maybe that's why it never actually worked, worked out for me. Um, in terms of the graphic design in college and kind of taking that into a, into a career because I, I, I was worried about money and how I was going to pay for things and so on and so forth. And it's not necessarily unless you're really, really, really good or, or a really rare talent. Um, not saying SEOs aren't talented, um, but I think at that- It's a ghost in the machine. 
Right. Well, we're doing our jobs great. You don't even know we exist. Well, exactly. And I think like the timing for me was just right because this is like mid two thousands. And as I was flaming out of college, um, SEO was, um, a great opportunity that not a lot of people could, could do at that point in time. And I was like, well, well, there's my differentiator. There's what, there's what can make me unique. And I feel like a lot of people, um, ended up like that in terms of looking, looking for something else and not necessarily knowing what it was and not being able to put your finger on it. But before you know it, you've got a job in SEO at that time, not a lot of people knew how to do, which made it incredibly valuable. Um, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty, pretty cool. That's kind of my minor was uh, philosophy. And I find that uh, my analytic philosophy is it's if else statements for trend muscle, who I absolutely deplored when I had the, you know, do my midterm on the meaning of the word the completely terrible back in college. Now deeply, deeply value that because it's code. It's just a different way of looking at it. Yeah. So one thing I detected, um, and Ashley, I'm 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 calling you to the carpet again. And the reason I'm calling you to the carpet, um, not necessarily calling you to the carpet in a negative way, um, we do talk a lot about self-doubt and imposter syndrome and how um, powerful that can be. And based on kind of what you had said about the, the, the writing and um, not necessarily feeling like you're a good writer. And I've actually, I feel like I've read your, your stuff for quite a while. So like, I think you're doing something right. Um, like, do you ever feel a sense of imposter syndrome and like self doubt? And I don't know. I just, I always like to dive into, into that aspect of it. Do you Ashley? <laughs> do, do I every single waking minute? Um, no, I think that, you know, it's a pendulum. I think that in general, I feel like I am utter bullshit at most things. Uh, but the one thing that makes me feel good about myself and about the work that I'm doing is when I can help somebody else, whether it's to solve a problem or to get a better job, I end up being this random career counselor and helping people get good jobs, which I actually, like, I love doing. Um, but I I really struggle with my knowledge and I had to come to terms with I'm never going to be the smartest person in the room but if you're the kind of person that surround yourself with smarter people like you're in pretty you're in a pretty good spot and I may not be the most clever but I do like to learn and I have an appetite to learn and to try to understand so imposter syndrome is really 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 real uh, and I suffer it in other areas of my life including being a parent and playing a sport but if you can find one thing about yourself that you can put work toward that you can feel good about, I have found that it allows me to sort of keep going. And when I can't, I call Jamie and she usually tells me to buck up that I am an important person with, you know, capital T thoughts and I deserve to be here and I can help people. So, but it is something I struggle with and it's not even this passive struggling. It's, I mean, I can't even tell you I have, a, so I have OCD, but like obsessive thought patterns. And one that's been in my head for about 17 years is waking up and just wanting to scream into the void and yell, what the fuck am I even doing? What is this? Like, and you can probably go back through my Twitter and see like how many times I've actually treated, tweeted that out as like, what am I even doing to help? Um, so yeah, I, I don't recommend it, but if anyone wants to talk about the old capital I syndrome, I'm here. I understand. And, and the reason I ask was, and I hope it didn't come across as 
rude. Um, I, I, su- I suffer from it as well. It's like, a, it's, it can be crushing sometimes. And for me, um, part of digging myself out of it was um, the, this podcast um, going and feeling like, hey, I, I am good enough to go and talk to all of these really smart people. Um, and I do know enough to be able to, to hold my ground um, with some of the best, best folks in the, um, in the industry. And there's just, and, and it's not just here, it permeates a lot of different uh, parts of my life. And it is, it is a daily, um, a daily struggle. And I know like it has been other than SEO in general, probably the most frequently reoccurring subject across every episode of the podcast. So in the industry, for whatever reason, um, you've got a bunch of people suffering from imposter syndrome. And it's, I, I just, I find it um, quite amazing because of how many smart people there are that people that are, that are, that are incredibly, incredibly talented don't seem to believe in their self. And I just keep asking why, why is that? And um, I think one of the best things that can come out of this podcast is to let people know, like, you're, you're not alone. Um, some of the best people in the industry have self-doubt literally all the time. Yeah. All, the time. all the time, all the time. So, and I think our industry is made for it though. Yeah. It really is. I mean, we're very we're folks who are R&Ding everything we do. Yeah. Um, there's very much the chance you've been down this rabbit hole for so long. You come back up, you're like, do I smell burnt toast? Like, you're no longer sure if you've gone full broken Roomba or if you've figured out something incredibly valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like there are times, especially if you work on the agency side, um, I haven't necessarily experienced this quite as much in-house, but like there's a lot of pressure and you can be the best SEO, but if you're put in a situation where there's just no opportunity to succeed, it doesn't really matter how good of an SEO you are. For example, if a client doesn't implement your recommendations and then nothing happens, Mm -hmm. right? So I think even the best SEOs go through a lot of failure and hopefully a lot of success as well, right? Or we wouldn't have jobs, but um, I think there's a fair balance of failure with our clients um, as, as well as success. And sometimes it's in our hands and a lot of times it's not. Um, and I think for me, like there are times when that part of it's crushing, like, okay, what can I say to make them think differently or to make them realize that, Hey, this is actually, we're doing, we're doing well. Um, even if the results don't quite look like it yet, stuff like that. So there's a lot of pressure. Well, Sorry, is it okay if I hop back in here? Because, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and you're dealing with such smart people, right? I might think I'm clever and then I take two days off to roller skate and drink myself into oblivion and come back and the entire industry has changed. So it's very easy to feel like you are slipping. Um, yeah. But I, I really, really love this new trend that our industry has of kind of coming together to support each other because I have a pretty big gap in my SEO career as far as paid jobs. And it was because of the toxic environment and the culture that we were in. It just didn't feel good. It felt kind of gross. Like there were some shitty things happening. Um, But now I, I love that people are talking more to each other. If you don't know Mary Davies in the industry, she has created groups that help people and give them a safe place to talk about their personal struggles that I find really incredible. And 
for me personally, I've, I'm trying to be very brave, capital B brave about talking about my mental illness and my doubts and the bad days that I have. And I have felt not only accepted, um, but embraced and holy shit, I still have a job. Like some of the stuff I say in public, I can't believe, but being able to be out there and be vulnerable hasn't hurt my career as far as I know. Uh, but I would just encourage anyone, if you're in that place and you feel any sort of relief from talking about it, you're in good company and not in good company as in like, hell yeah, let's have a depression party. Um, <laughs> Cause <laughs> I have thrown other parties that are better, but uh, you're in good company in that there's generally some really compassionate people here that can empathize and can stand by you. And sometimes that's all you need. Like sometimes I get a lot just from going to Jamie's house or meeting somewhere and working side by side without even talking. Um, I've worked remotely for 10 years. So that's very important. Yeah. I'm on like year three. Year three? No, you're you're three of being remote. I guess somewhere around there. And I I do sometimes miss having that camaraderie in the office where you you can talk about some of the stuff that's on your, you know, things that are on your team. I mean, I really feel after watching uh, a lot of the tech SEO boost stuff, I'm like, wow, I think I I need to really uh, step up my game because 80% of that was about Python and, and machine learning, which... I do think has, you know, a place. It, it just seemed like a whole conference based on it. <laughs> kind of made me like think I'm, overnight, I'm all of a sudden going like, I am so far behind, I think. Jesus, <laughs> Jeff, why do you suck so much? <laughs> I, I always felt like I was pretty much always a little bit of a step of ahead. Um, but I think one now we have, there is such a great tech community that it's like, all, I think the tech guys aren't the ones that are out there like pounding their chest saying, look at me. And I think now we have more of that community and, um, you know, with the tech SEO Slack group that we're in there. And I'm just like, wow, there's like a million tech SEOs. I thought I was like a one of a kind. You are to me, Jeff. And now there's just, yeah, like that, that whole conference I was watching going, okay. Um, I, I mean, JR is like, and I made my own internet. Here yeah. we go. So the bar was raised. Yeah. Isn't he the best? Like, I swear to God, if I wasn't married, he'd yeah. be in trouble because He's good so Lord, those brains. And he's so damn smart. And like, I'm like people like JR, I'm like, damn it, I blame you. It's your fault for being so smart. And I'm so stupid. <laughs> and JR does oh, it so, dude. he's got that Southern charm too. So you know, exactly. you know, well, you're, you're, saying, like, you're wow. not stupid though. And I think we need to well, I know, I know. Testing that mess. Yeah. Yeah. That was me being facetious. facetious. Um, well, but I'll jump in the, I'll share my story here about feeling stupid and Ashley really being there for me. You guys decide. So we went to tech, uh, sorry, we went to Google I.O. together, my first I.O., I think it was 2016, maybe, yeah. Um, We went to it, and if you've ever been to I.O., you can go to uh, just panel after panel after panel with the most amazing experts in their field who know so much and are bringing so much to move the community forward. Um, To celebrate, um, I spent the, the um, they have a concert every year, and I spent the concert in bathroom cell 27, uh, hyperventilating and having an absolute panic attack on why I was there, on how I had taken a spot from someone who could have been here and used this information and actually done something with it. Um, it was it was a terrible, terrible sensation. But at the end of it, um, I learned to offer myself grace. And in those moments where I am clearly the dumbest kid in the room, um, that's okay because I'm still in that room and I'm willing to ask those questions 
that seems so 101. And I feel like I'm willing to learn from people who are a lot smarter than me. So Ashley mm-hmm. prides herself on, on curating a selection of really beautiful and brilliant people um, being around her. And I've, I've learned to get there myself. Um, mm-hmm learn that it's okay to feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. Like that's officially now my happy place is an absence of gravity. Um, just picking a point in the horizon to run with. Yeah. I, I, I consider it a special talent to be surrounded by people that are smarter than you. And that instead of feeling self-conscious, if you can find comfort there and excitement there, then you're, you are good. Um, I'm going to do it's like roller derby for the ego. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also the worst roller derby player, but if you can find comfort <laughs> in getting your actual ass kicked, then it's for you. Um, humble here again. Cause she just won a uh, <laughs> bell of the brawl. Awesome. Well, yeah, I won derby prom queen. You guys, I'm so nice. Cute. How long have you been doing roller derby? Um, two and a half years, something like that. Not very long. It's the first sport I've ever played. And I am an overweight, you know, working person who sits down for the last 36 years of my 36 year life. So uh, it was a trip and a challenge, but hey, it's fun. What, uh, what like, what puts you, because roller derby is not something like people do very often. So like you're sitting around two or three years ago, like, <laughs> hmm, maybe I think I'll go do roller derby. Like, how did that come about? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I have two very fabulous daughters. And the oldest one was into roller derby. She had read a graphic novel called Roller Girl, which is a fantastic graphic novel. Uh, and she was interested in doing it, but I didn't know anything about it. And we found out that there was a local team for adults and juniors. Um, and she, she wasn't quite old enough. And so I told her that I would uh, give it a shot and see how this whole roller derby thing worked. And I gave it a shot and definitely threw up like my first night there, but was like, dude, this, this gear is expensive. I have to do this three months. Otherwise, like I've made a financial mistake, which makes me nervous. So um, I stuck on for three months and just kept going. It's a, it's a funny environment. I know it seems, you know, ab- abrasive, but I will tell you that I have found more community with other women there than I have any other place in my life, like, more acceptance, more diverse women. They will absolutely murder you on the track, but they're the first ones to pick you up off the floor. Um, Constant compliments and encouragement. So maybe I'm there for the ego. I'm not the best roller skater, but it just feels really good to be around genuine people that want to see you succeed, but also are not going to go easy on you. And that are going to elbow you in the face. Sometimes. (laughs) I mean, that's not fully legal, but hey, but you know, they're the first persons to drive you to the ER and bring you a muffin while you're waiting for the x-ray. So, um, so it's a really solid community. I would say that's done. You know, when we work on computers so much, uh, I would encourage you to get a hobby that involves your hands or physically wearing yourself out. That's been really important for the balance of my mental health too. Anyway, join roller derby, come skate with me. FulcoRollerDerby.com. All right. Just kidding. Are there... (laughs) Now, forgive me for my lack of roller derby knowledge. Are there men's roller derby circuits? There are, indeed. Wow. Yeah, there are. Um, MURDA, which is my favorite acronym, is the one in, uh, it's the Men's Roller Derby Association. There's a great team in Denver where Jamie is, and there's some all over the country. Still pretty female-dominated. It's a four-woman, bi-woman, volunteer-run sport, all nonprofit, so... Uh, we have a pretty strong league, but in the men's roller derby, women are also welcome to join. So usually even on men's team, there'll be one or two women. Um, 
But yeah, get out there. Strap on your skates. Uh, I had no idea. I'll help you come up with a punny derby name. I got you. <laughs> wow. No, I'm, I'm going to be taking my daughter to, we were, she's found a new love for roller skating. Yay. And uh, I mean, she's only nine now, but she's, I told her I was going to take her to roller derby and she's super excited. But then the, wow. the, the league that's around here went on break, but it, they come back the end of January. So I'm yep, like, all right. We're, we're on break too, but Jeff, you should ping me offline because my nine-year-old was the one who got me into it. So. That's awesome. Well, hopefully yeah. I'm, I, she doesn't get me into it, into it. But <laughs> Oh, we now, can always use officials. But it's hard to roller skate and not smile. So yeah. everyone should strap some skates on. Agreed. No, they, it, we're fun. We go out there. We, we Every kid in my house has a sport. And my one daughter, we finally found, she's an artist. She's the artist of the family, but we found oh. her sport, which is roller skating. So Isn't that crazy how it works yeah. out? Um, so, Jacob and Jeff, if you're okay with this, since we talked earlier a little bit about imposter syndrome, I'm going to, I'm going to stay off topic real quick and want to put on, put a last thought out there on that item. It's just that we've had a lot of suicides in our industry the past mm-hmm. few years. There's been, I think, I, I know there's, there's been too many. One is too many, but there's been too many. Um, so I just open invitation if anyone out there is feeling rough and wants to chat i am wicked good at bad memes mom jokes inappropriate comments and drunk texting so um just reach out and talk to someone yeah i would um i would say the same i would offer the same invitation i've um i mean not everybody has been able to um, have experience with people going through that i do have uh, experience, not necessarily myself, but somebody very close to me has been um, battling with that and having those types of thoughts. So I'm maybe a little more well suited than the, than the next person. So I would also offer um, community uh, to anyone that needs to, to talk and um, please reach out, reach out. You've got, you've got friends, you've got family. Um, yeah. Don't let it go too far. Don't let it go too far. Okay, we just got really, we've really taken like, I am so sorry. I've cried twice. So that's going to be that's that's twice. I've almost teared up. That's man. God, I'm going to need a hug after this. Getting me here. Um, Well, I think it puts the humanity that's not being robots. And I think that's beautiful because we are valuable, soft, squishy people. Yeah. Um, Being real humans is what keeps us together in a world that's based on, you know, our zeros and ones, our, our TV response letters. Yeah. So is that where not a robot came from? Uh, not a robot comes from Ashley Vermanhale here. Uh, her bio section of the website says, I'm not a robot. Um, she was showing this off to me. Um, I thought, this is fantastic. You know, you should take this and make it into a brand. Well, I don't particularly have an interest in doing that. Well, can I? Um, you know, I have to Google domains, bought the domain. Um, fun drinking game, by the way. Just go when you get drunk, buy random domains. Kind of robot <laughs> may have been purchased in one of those moments, a couple of beers in. Oh, it's a it's a very effective way to help people understand, you know, as a tech SEO where I sit, all those captures that you fill out. I'm not a robot, but I speak bot. I recently bought a domain, uh, lasers and bacon, because I figured what's cooler <laughs> than lasers and bacon. That's, That's really fantastic. Good. <laughs> What are you gonna do with that site, Jeff? You know, that goes right now. It's in the vault of thirty other web domains. I one day want want to start. So, wow, wonder what made you think that, and how much you had had to drink. <laughs> you know, I was looking. I was looking up uh, laser engraving machines, and I was like, you know, what makes lasers cooler? Bacon. 
and then that's how it came out. So bacon just makes everything cooler, I guess. Wait, are you custom engraving the bacon? No, it's a new, it's a new wedding thing. It, it could be. <gasps> market, market it. Do it now. All right. Time pending. Time pending. The only thing that bacon does not make cooler, what well, sounds cool, is vodka. That that I've had bacon no. vodka, and yeah. it was so bad. There's it's a grease awesome. flavor to it that's not okay Ugh. at all. Yeah. Yeah. It does work just... in a Bloody Mary, but that's the only time yeah. you should really apply practical application of that vodka. Ugh. Um, writing and speaking. So, uh, Jamie and Ashley, I feel like um, you guys both do a, a mix or a fair amount of both uh, writing and uh, public speaking. Um, and then I also wanted to ask, um, Jamie, how did that video, which you've now become kind of, I guess, the default representative for JavaScript SEO in connection with Google, because <laughs> you a video with Martin, um, how did that come about? And, and after that question, I'd love to get into the public speaking side of things, but uh, I wanted to ask. Yeah, how that that is, I just want, dude, that is so cool that you are that person. I just, ooh, it tickles me. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Jacob, because it's pretty badass. <laughs> it is badass. John Mew uh, went ahead and memed it the other day. Is JavaScript the devil? And it made me very, very happy. Um, that started, um, I, I was doing my very first international talk at Brighton SEO. I think that was my second or third talk ever, if you want to count meetups as well. Uh, and there was another human on my panel who was also discussing uh, JavaScript framework and SEO. And we decided to do a, a video meetup before the conference to figure out if we were you know, stepping on each other's toes. I'm terrible at time zones. Absolutely awful at it. And I ended up being like three in the morning. So I'm in my like TARDIS bathrobe. My, my blue hair is all frenzy. On you know, that the screen boots up, and I realized, oh, my face, my face was like 15 feet wide right now because that's a Google office. Um, and I just happened to be lucky enough to meet Barton as he had just joined the webmaster team. I believe Brighton was one of his first talks on, and just had a really lovely time talking with this human. You know, we both show up to Brighton with our blue hair, and it becomes a, a running gag that you've got to have blue hair to know uh, JavaScript SEO. Uh, he invited me out to and. Um, Chrome Developer Summit. I uh, went there, uh, got to do this video, meet an amazing producer. If you ever had the chance to meet Anna, she runs um, all those video series. She's just a lovely human being. It happened to be the right place, right time, and betting on the right horse. I bet on JavaScript frameworks as being something that would continue to grow out and could provide a really effective user experience. Um, doing a, a redesign for a site in 2014, we launched in 2015. Yeah. I would say that was uh, 2014 JavaScript was way ahead of your time. I feel like um, search engines, even still today, although they're, they're so much better than they were, um, still have a lot of trouble with crawling. And I, I say 2014 because that's when we got the project greenlit. It took until oh, 2015. Damn, you're done. SEO in 2014. So <laughs> no, no, we were rebuilding the site at that time, and well about two weeks after Google had announced they were deprecating the Ajax crawler, um, the site went live. Okay. Um, I mean, that was a, we we definitely did a flying space monkey, and we're like, let's see what happens. We we actually called that project Space Party. <laughs> nice. So, 
So with the, with the public speaking, you guys, um, I feel like both do a fair amount of public speaking and or public moderating. Um, what has that been like? Scary. <laughs> uh, so, oh man, I'm a bit of a reluctant speaker and I'm very not polished, uh, but I really like doing it. Um, so hashtag, if you're, if you don't have production level value conferences and you want to hang out and talk about cool things, I'm game. Um, but I use it as a way to personally push myself to go deeper into topics as well as just to make friends. Cause I've been working from home for 10 years. Um, so <laughs> I need to get out of the house a couple times a year. So that was, <laughs> that was pretty important. Uh, and then it's just a, it's a bit of a self challenge. So I had, um, I had a pretty bad speech impediment as a kid and took five years of speech therapy. So as a big fuck you to my genes, I decided to do more public speaking as a high schooler and an adult. So part of that is just a little personal renegade, but it's fun. I would love to say that more conferences though, bring more people to present collaboratively. Like I love presenting with Jamie and with other people that I know. Um, it helps to get you more bang for your buck. Again, that peer review and peer editing uh, and moderating is also fantastic. Instead of having the same conference organizers, if you're welcome, have other people in the field. There's just so many cool opportunities there. So like I said, I'm not a natural speaker. I definitely get nervous. I am known to throw up either before or after <laughs> or both. Can vouch. Um, yeah, you just, whew, but I still enjoy doing it and really appreciate the opportunities, but it's, it's wild. It's weird, right? I mean, I go straight social blackout when I'm up there. Well, Ashley, you also started the Rally SEO meetup group, right? Oh, you're bringing it back, Jeff. <laughs> well, um, I mean, to go from not being liking to speak to starting, uh, you know, the largest meetup group about SEO. That's kind of like, <laughs> I'm jealous that I don't live in Raleigh sometimes. Oh, man. Um, so, I, well, I make it up there a couple times, you know, during the conferences and things like that. But at the same time, uh, the, the community area there seems really awesome. And it seems like anyone, it's like a lot of helping each other grow. And, and that seems like an awesome community that's, uh, you know, where we have people like JR and Patrick and, and you know, every time I go or, or see anyone there, I'm like, wow, you all live in Raleigh. Like how did Raleigh Isn't become the amazing? hub? Okay. So I will tell you that is one of my proudest moments. Um, I guess I'm like a little bit of a mama by heart, even though I'm not, I should not be left alone to raise any children, but uh, it was when I was, so I had moved to North Carolina after um, my father and my brother had died and decided on a fresh start, moved to a place I never knew. And um, I just convinced my boss to let me use his office space to maybe try to get a few people together off hours to talk about this stuff. And luckily for me, he, I was like, do you want to own it? And he said, no, go ahead, um, which was pretty awesome. But the first local SEO, the first Raleigh SEO meetup was definitely in the single digits. And I made homemade pies to try and bribe people to show up. Um, so it started out very, very small, but it was a really, really cool way to develop speaking skills for me but also to try to influence the market a little bit. Like I told you, I took a big long break from SEO because it was a little sticky. So back then I was on a little bit more of a rampage of kindness. So <laughs> I made it free and I made sure that there were different types for all levels, that there were takeaways and actionable insights and that all I was trying to do was enable local businesses to either do the work themselves or to know enough to be able to hire without liability. And that sucker grew. I mean, we outgrew, uh, at times I was just begging businesses like, 
hey, if I can get everyone to buy a beer, can I, you know, hang out in this corner of your bar for an hour tonight? Um, and also, if no one's going to buy beer, I'll just buy them all. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> but it it grew and it grew quickly. And I can be a little antisocial by nature. And so I had a partner um, after the first year or two come in, Phil Buckley, who is part of that, like, Patrick JR group. I think he's yeah. at Red Hat IBM now. He's fantastic, but he is a social butterfly. So it was another situation where it couldn't have grown the way it did without partnering with somebody. So sharing is caring. And what a cool way to start off, you know, my professional SEO career and kind of restart it after feeling like the industry was a little sad. But, you know, I left it in good hands and they have continued to do awesome things. And I actually got to go back last year to speak for the 10 year anniversary. How, how rad is that? It's like my baby's in the double digits. That's awesome. Rampage of kindness is the most on-brand thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that, yeah. That's good. That's all right. I got a t-shirt. Rampage of kindness that goes along with um, the relentlessly casual label. I, I also appreciate. There's an old 80s, or 80s, 80s video game, uh, I believe, called Rampage. You should just steal that uh, logo and superimpose uh, <laughs> Rampage of Kindness. And there you go. You got your own t-shirt brand. Cool, Jacob. Now I'm not going to get any work done today. I blame there you. There you go. <laughs> this counts as work. Branding is work. Not billable. Yeah, but uh, it's... it's... <laughs> oh, man. Um, so Deep Crawl. Um, I'd be remiss to to not talk about Deep Crawl. What's it What's it like working at Deep Crawl? Shit, Deep Crawl is the best. Um, you know, I am optimistic, but not naive. So, uh, but I I left a couple jobs. One that was a really toxic environment. One that was great, but just not the best fit. And I was feeling really low on my capabilities to feel like a productive, you know, employable human being. And Deep Crawl Crawl grabbed me, and I will tell you, I have had so much joy working here with the people that I work with, the software, and just the flexibility to learn. So deep crawl is a, you know, it's a software, it's a crawler enterprise level. So it's like, it's a lot like Screaming Frog, who are amazing people that make a great product, uh, but it's sort of on steroids. So mm-hmm. you're able to grab historic data, crawl in the cloud, trend everything, and there's just a ton of ways to diff the data and filter right within the tool. It also doesn't so shut down your computer. <laughs> it doesn't shut down your computer because it's in the yeah. cloud. So like, you know, your fan won't even get hot, babe. So that's, you know, big selling point. Uh, but it's just a fun tool. It's, it's really interesting. I've really enjoyed working here. I would say if anyone hasn't tried it, just ping me. I would be happy to run a crawl from you and you can poke around. Um, I'm obviously not a salesperson because I'm really into giving shit away from free. But I mean, there's cool data. So if you ever want me to run a sample crawl, kick it over. Um, I'm happy to do so. You can, yeah, if anyone wants to bug me on Twitter, that's probably the best place. And DeepCrawl seems to have been, you know, I guess one of the first like SaaS platforms to start hiring SEOs, you know, and I see yeah. now, you know, now you're going to be competing against Patrick because he went over to Ahrefs. Um, but in general, they're like, it seems <laughs> DeepCrawl, like just the knowledge base has really grown, which is, which is great. Like the articles and webinars are something I look forward to every time they get launched. Oh my gosh, what a smart team right so first of all i could beat patrick in an arm wrestle so i'm not right but uh (laughs) but my team is really great the marketing team does a lot of crazy cool stuff so i mean everyone knows like sam and rachel and jen and those are people who aren't traditional seos and they are smarter than most people i know like they are awesome my team we're a professional services team uh there's six or seven of us depending on the day but also hiring so if you're a crazy fabulous curious tech seo and you want to work with me which Godspeed, but ping me there too. So 
Uh, the company's doing well. They just went through Series B funding, and I'm just excited to work with more fantastic people. But they've really done something special in terms of priority t prioritizing data and good things for clients, as well as making a really, a really fantastic team and hiring obviously humble people, right? So that's great. <laughs> so and you guys always have a sandwich for me, and you guys always have the chargers that I've forgotten or <laughs> left on a plane somewhere, and I love the decor. And a teeth shirt in case you spill something like you do have like the most I don't know caring and maternal company like we will take care of anyone so again if you're ever curious whether it's job or here run my site for free like just ping us we're a helpful group very good human with sandwiches with sandwiches <laughs> oh um so want to make sure we're respectful of time um, don't think we're going to have time for news. Uh, I think we're, we're probably not going to, because we've had such wonderful conversation that has flown so naturally. Um, I don't think we're going to deep dive into technical SEO. I think we've talked, um, uh, quite enough. I did want to talk about a few more, a few more things before we wrap up the, the episode. Um, but because you guys have been so awesome to talk to, it's been one of our most free flowing conversation. So I definitely, um, definitely thank you guys for that. Um, it's been a really good, really good conversation. Um, you guys have mentioned several times and I, I agree. I've noticed it. I, I sometimes choose not to take part because I have a, a lot of my own thoughts, but you've mentioned the, um, the level of discourse in the, in the industry um, over probably the last five to five to 10 years. And I don't know, I think I've noticed it as well, getting, getting better. Um, but it had gotten a lot of it centered around conferences and whatnot. Um, but it had gotten pretty toxic and pretty nasty there for, um, for a little while. So I was wondering if y'all could, um, talk a little bit about that and, um, why you think it's maybe gotten a little bit better over the course of the last I don't know. I feel like maybe the last year, maybe, maybe I'm overshooting that. I don't know, but I've, I've felt it also um, being really bad and then getting a little bit better, but I don't know if you guys could talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll jump in. Well, no, Jamie, you go first. Cause I, <laughs> y'all, I get to the end of something and I pretend like I've been drinking the whole time and I will just eat up all the time here. But I love listening to your stories because you're always very articulate. Um, you know, you've always been a great mentor for me in this kind of scenario. Uh, I honestly can say I've been very lucky and I've um, only really been met with kindness from people at these conferences and support. Um, I like to think perhaps that I try and bring that there as well. But there's no critic that's really going to be as harsh as my internal one. So I think keeping her quiet on focused on what I'm there to do maybe takes away from me giving attention to some of these more uh, interesting moments that I hear about after the fact. I haven't been there firsthand, so I can't speak to uh, any of the kerfuffles. Yeah. Uh, I mean, events bring their own level of potential toxicity. Um, the industry in and of itself had been a little tough too. So I've been in it for about 15-ish years, maybe a little more. Um, and I did a lot of volunteer work in forums. That's how I got That's how I got started in a lot of it. And forums can be a really awful, awful place to be, especially if you're an idiot and just use your regular name, Ashley, so everyone knows you're a girl. Uh, 
Oh, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> my mom ever gave me was an androgynous name. I know. That's so nice. Um, but it is, it's been bad, but I think in a lot of the ways it's getting better. I just want to call out that, you know, I come from a place of privilege, even though it's, it can be tough to be in tech as a woman. I am already five steps ahead of some other folks, especially people of color, or LGBTQ that are out. Like there's, there's a stiffness there. And I would really like it to be more fluid where people can come in and present and there's a focus on ideas. I think we are getting there. I think we have warmed the ground so much. Um, and I think that I can be a bit spicy unintentionally and very clumsy with my calls to try and make things a little bit more better and inclusive. But for the most part, people have been very generous and forgiving um, in terms of how I approach that. And it spawned some really good conversations. Uh, so I think we're getting better in a lot of ways, and I hope to keep seeing encouragement in that way. I will see, say that uh, there's one conference in particular that is really great for me in terms of seeing that is the um, NG Atlanta conference, the Angular Atlanta conference, where the founder there works hard to make all majority women or people of color, and especially women of color speakers without repeating speakers. It's pretty fantastic. Uh, and it takes a lot of work. Like the organizer, Zach, will be there to tell you it takes a lot of work. He'll advise any other events, but he'll tell you that the, the work is worth it. So we're getting better. I'd like to push a little harder in that area. So lead with kindness, but also psychological safety for everyone, too. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, having been so I'll just I'll just come right out with it. I um I dislike conferences um, and it's partly because I'm anti-social um, a little bit, although I, I can be social, um, but I, you know, I get uncomfortable and nervous in large groups of, of people. And so that makes a conference for me, not very cool. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm just really bad at small talk. And like, literally it makes me sweat just thinking of having to small talk. Not that I don't like people. I like people just fine, but like in large settings, I always feel super super awkward, which means just by definition, conferences are just not my thing. Um, but then there's also, you know, what types of things go on at conferences with respect to harassment and the way people act um, towards each other and the, the lack of kindness. Um, I've run, and I don't know if you, have you guys ever heard the term conference circuit SEO? Is that a new thing? Yeah. I, I've heard that phrase, okay. and I believe, if I understand you correctly, it refers to the kind of uh, repeating. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of key speakers, they tend to get things paid for, you've got other people, um, yes. like yeah. those who are less represented in your community, and it's very real mm -hmm. that a lot of venues are going to charge um, money, a lot of money for these tickets, and then don't even pay for the speaker's hotel. Right, right. And so that's there, very prohibitive. There are... Um, and and I'm, I'm definitely not trying to lump anybody, anybody into this, but this story for me is very, very specific to some people that I've worked with who um, were what I call, quote unquote, on the conference circuit, which means they went to and spoke at a lot of conferences and were looked up to by uh, a lot of people as subject matter experts. But then um, when it came time for them to actually work with me, uh, together on certain accounts, um, I found that they fell very, very flat uh, in terms of my expectation of their level of quality and what I actually got from them. Um, so 
that has left me with a little bit of a bad taste in my, in my mouth with respect to um, what I'll call certain conference circuit SEOs. So just in general, um, conferences are, are, are not my favorite thing, but what I have enjoyed um, seeing recently is the increased focus on um, one, acting better, treating people better, um, and hopefully fewer instances of harassment. Um, I know women definitely go through a lot, and I feel like I've never been, like um, Jamie, just like you said, it's always for me been secondhand. I feel like every man definitely knows uh, of a woman who has experienced some sort of sexual harassment. But for me, I've never, it's never been something I've witnessed or anything like that. So I'm always only hearing about it secondhand and I'm less than a less than aware of when that that type of thing might be happening if i were aware i would definitely definitely speak up so i'm i feel like sometimes in a bit of an awkward position of wanting to speak up and being supportive but never being like johnny on the spot for when an event happens or transpires so a little bit of an awkward awkward um position and and i would say so Obviously, that needs to, to, to get better. Um, I don't know how much that is still going on, but I know it was pretty pervasive in the past and, and super unfortunate. Um, the other thing that I'm really enjoying is the emphasis on speaker balance. Um, I, I, I have a hard time when I see um, an SEO team at a company that is entirely, and I've experienced this a lot in the past, entirely male-dominated. Um, yeah, I they're celebrating hiring the first female CEO on their team in 2019. Right. That's not yeah. funny. That's incredibly right. sad. Yeah, it's it's really sad. And um, I have a hard time with conferences where I look at the um, the speaker lineup and I don't see a picture of somebody with color. I don't see a picture of somebody who's female or you see it, but there's not nearly enough balance. So uh, not something that I think is a, is a good thing and something that I think is trending in the right direction. I don't think it's entirely there, um, but I would like to see more, um, more conferences and more companies strive for that balance and not balance for the sake of balance, but balance um, because you really believe um, that, that those, those people, and I'm definitely one of the privileged people um, really bring value in a different perspective. Um, not just, hiring or booking because you need a certain ratio, right? So yeah. that's something that I'm hoping um, gets a little bit better. But again, I, as I've said before, because I'm kind of an outside observer, I don't choose to go to uh, a lot of conferences. Um, I'm more kind of, I feel like rooting from the sidelines and trying to push where, where I can in, in my areas of influence, which are, which are few outside of my own house. So... <laughs> I would I say a few aspects of that one for me. First one, I totally understand you. The the uh, the lack of comfort being around that many people. I've been asked how I seem so so calm on stage, and my secret, ready guys, years of practice with a panic disorder. Like I have learned how to have a heart attack, feel like I'm in the middle of an existential crisis, and keep a calm face. So repurpose. If you if you've been through that, just think of it as reclaiming and repurposing all those years of practice. Um, and secondly, there are now more groups out here who are advocating to get you know, women together, to get representation together. If you are a woman listener or you just want to support women in tech SEO, there is a women in tech SEO Slack channel. You can find them on Twitter and on Facebook. Join in that conversation. 
I know some really great conferences coming up that have reached out to them to try and help balance out our speakers, find people who are representing very skilled um, technologies to be on stage and present from their perspective. Yeah, and if you're a cis white guy, like maybe instead of accepting the panel or accepting the speaking gig, why don't you recommend somebody else? Make it easier on the event organizers because they always say they can't, but I guarantee there's someone around you who may be a first time or second time speaker, but who has really incredible things to say. Because I think if you speak too much often, you're missing out on that constant learning that you need in order to stay on top of the industry. Or if you're never speaking, then you're missing out on an opportunity to fine tune your craft. So uh, it's great that some people have reached that pinnacle and they are trusted and loved and everyone likes to see them speak, but it means nothing if you don't turn around and pull more, you know, two more people up. So I would say share right. the spotlight. And I don't have a huge network or you know much influence, but if anyone out there who hasn't spoken before wants to speak, if I could put you in contact with anyone or any conference, like I'm happy to help. Um, I said I don't have a ton of influence, but I'm willing to use it to just get more voices up there. We should all do that. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I've been working on a little uh, side project where I've downloaded the titles of every SEO speech uh, in the last like two years. And my goal was I was going to try to make like a SEO speech generator <laughs> that just put out a topic because uh, that's one of the things when I uh, think about doing any type of speaking, I'm like, what am I going to talk about that no one else is talking about? So I was like, hey, and I can want to play with AI and machine learning. I was like, maybe I can make a generator that just generates topics. <laughs> and here's your next speech. Um, I would but, love to see this, please. Yeah, it was kind of going to be tongue in cheek because I just wanted it to like, I wanted it to be bad AI too. So it just made it funny. But um, so that is in the works. <laughs> but, I, but the one thing I noticed was uh, when I would dedupe, there were a lot. Um, so that was one of the things that were, there was a lot of that was like duplicate on there. And it made me really think like, you know, going, and a lot of it might've been like the digital summits where people travel and do the same presentation all across the country. Um, but there were a lot of like the same things people were talking about. Um, but, and that's one thing with the tech SEO boost conference, it was like something totally different caught me way off guard. Cause even last year, maybe like Hamlet or one person talked about AI or, or machine learning in Python. And this year it was 80% of the people, which was, was pretty interesting. But um, in, in general, I love the, you know, I, I want to go out and talk a little bit more, but I really love to do it more in the local level and, and trying to, there's not a huge SEO community here in Atlanta. So something I, I'd like to start to put together and, and build out. Um, but I just kind of, we like to end the show just kind of asking a, a certain question and just kind of advice. Like if you were someone who was starting off in the SEO you know, world right now, what kind of advice would you give someone who was starting out? Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm used to always jumping in first. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> so I'm cognizant of that. I'm sorry. Uh, I would just say, stay curious and stay kind. Um, that's it. But that's just with a rampage really, of kindness. <laughs> yeah. Well, rampage the kindness. Yes. yes. A rampage of kindness, please. And I have this, uh, this is kind of gross, but I've, I've been to professional coaching and stuff like that where they say, Hey, create a tagline for yourself. And that sounds a little silly, but I have one and I've been using it for over a decade and it's, it's really done me well. And my personal tagline is do good work. So that means a lot of different things to me, but um, part of that is just staying curious and, you know, 
being nice to people and figuring out where you can help rather than stand on the shoulders of others. So whatever you do, do good work. Awesome. What do you think, Jamie? I would say that there are no dumb questions. And when you're in a room where you only understand you know, 20% of what's going on, that's okay. Uh, take notes. Ask, raise a hand and go, what do you mean by this word? Uh, particularly in technology, I, I've spent a lot of time working embedded with dev teams and large stacks. Um, people use different words to mean the same thing on half of our value of SEO is being able to map up those synonyms and translate between these teams. Because in the end, we all want to make good things. We all have this desire for those good things to be found. And this is how we get there, is by being willing to be humble and say, I don't understand what that means. Could you explain it? Um, just I keep learning. Even when it hurts your head and you're crying about the install. There's been so many times I've like cried and I'm like, I don't understand. And then an hour later, I'll be like, holy shit, I figured it out. Like, yeah, it's a process. And it suddenly feels worth it. Like you just were hitting the wall, hitting the wall, hitting the wall. And then suddenly it makes sense. And it's beautiful. Yeah. To have a good thing. I think tech SEO has walked that thin line between um, feral ambition. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Geez. Sorry. Last thought. Don't be afraid to ask dumb questions. All right. I promise I'm done talking. Yo, I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, we'd love to thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, I mean, I think it's such a great conversation that we had. I feel that uh, you two together, it was, it was a great idea. Uh, I know we were trying to book you separately, but I think together it was just awesome and made the conversation flow better. Dynamic duo. Exactly. Okay. All right. Are you guys uh, my head or life mate. Yes. Uh, I love you very much, Jamie. It's good to have a wife. Love you too, boo. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Girls, bye. Thank you. <laughs>